First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 712 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. I've got a terrific guest lined up for you guys today. Daniel O'Connor joins me on the podcast. Daniel is a 26-year veteran of the CIA. He was an executive senior intelligence service officer, chief of security for five CIA directors of intelligence. He served in multiple U.S. embassies in Asia, Europe, Africa, and South America. Basically, the only place this guy hasn't served is Antarctica. Following Daniel O'Connor's career with the CIA, he ran a small private security firm working with special operation forces. He is also the author of a new spy thriller, A True American Patriot, which is available now. Link in the description. Uh, And if you're into reading spy thrillers, who better to read a spy thriller from than an actual 26-year veteran of the CIA, an actual spy? Uh, I would imagine while reading this thing, you got to wonder what's real, what's not. Got to make for a phenomenal book. It's a big on. Plus, this Daniel O'Connor is a Bronx guy, my kind of guy. I can't wait to talk to him. It's an honor to have him on the podcast here. Daniel O'Connor will be here with me in just a few minutes so please stick around for the interview and today's interview with daniel o'connor was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my youtube channel so we're going to watch today's conversation between the cia veteran and myself please subscribe to first class fatherhood on youtube link is in the description of today's podcast episode all right if you go through the list of the podcast here i have had other cia agents on the show most of them were all former special operation forces particularly navy seals uh, such as the interview i did with sean ryan who now has got just a monster podcast of his own which is really awesome to listen to also i did have the former director of the cia mike pompeo on the podcast a few times so go through the archives and check them out don't forget to check out my new show over on rumble the alec lace show uh, some of the guests i've had on there include judge janine Pirro and Zuby, who I had on the show yesterday. On that show, I'm covering all the news and political issues that are facing parents in America today who are the true underdogs of our society. So go over to Rumble, uh, check out First Class Fatherhood over there, and the new show, The Alec Lay Show. And speaking of Navy SEALs, next week on the podcast, I'm going to have just the tremendous honor of having a Navy SEAL I have been trying to track down for five years to get him on the show He goes by the name Drago, Drago Duran. He is just a one of a kind. His story is unbelievable. He went from being a political prisoner in communist occupied Poland to becoming a Navy SEAL serving 20 years with the SEAL teams. Uh, He's just an awesome, awesome guy, just a true American hero. So that one is going to be fantastic. Make sure you check back in with me next week uh, for that interview with Navy SEAL Drago right here on First Class Fatherhood. And don't forget, Father's Day is right around the corner here. You can still order first class fatherhood advice and wisdom from high profile dads uh, my book that came out last year with harper collins was an instant amazon bestseller you can still get your copy over there or you get it in time for father's day and please as always help me spread the word about this podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life you guys know it every day is father's day right here on the podcast and here comes my interview straight up with daniel o'connor on first class fatherhood <laughs> Joining me now, First Class Father, Daniel O'Connor. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Nice to be here. 
Well, let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? <laughs> Three kids, not kids anymore. Uh, one, one's um, 32, 34, and about 38. Uh, for the oldest one is my daughter, uh, two daughters, and then my son. Any uh, any grandkids yet in the making there or what? Actually, uh, my oldest daughter um, did have a baby um, approximately six months ago, and he's thriving. <laughs> wow, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Well, if you could, uh, Daniel, please take a second here to hit uh, my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. Okay. Um, I can just go ahead and proceed or? Yeah. Okay. Um, my background... Uh, is has to do with um, CIA. Um, I was in the CIA for 26 years. Um, the majority of my time was spent uh, protecting the directors. Uh, I don't know how uh, how someone may understand this, but uh, during with the CIA, there's a director of central intelligence, and then there's a deputy director of central intelligence, and both of those, um, from time to time, they'll go into the office. And, and they'll work for a couple of years uh, being DCI, and then uh, they'll depart. And other, this seems to be the way it works is that uh, then they have uh, others come in and they do the same, okay? Um, my responsibility was to make sure that they were all um, cleared and not um, killed or uh, even worse. Anyway, um, with that, um, I spent 26 years doing it. And the majority of the time was that in the uh, aside from that and several embassies around the world that I've been um, in for a couple of years. Um, and uh, but the I got called back twice um, in terms of uh, being in the situation where I top or I take care of uh, the directors and uh, the individuals. We have big kind of like United Secret Service. But this is, we have large groups and I bring them in and they, they're very good at what they do and um, they spend time uh, and, and danger, a lot of danger. Um, so that's kind of the, the gist of it. Um, after uh, being with CIA, I um, all decided to uh, do my own uh, small company. Um, and I had primarily uh, Navy SEALs and other SOF for, uh, forces um, that uh, worked with me for uh, when they retired. They worked with me for about 10 years, and we did that. Um, the uh, time with the CIA, I had two medals of honor. And um, the, the biggest thing that I could say is that I was very happy that none of the directors or deputy directors were killed or harmed in any way. And um, just the same for all of the um, individuals that are uh, had to do the same thing. And um, so that's been very uh, real and very, uh, the amount of, uh, the amount that I've done over the globe in terms of uh, countries, uh, it's much easier for me to pick out a few countries that, that I haven't been to. The rest of them I've been to, I guarantee you. And um, that's been part of it too. Um, and then most recently, um, the last year and a half, two years, I've worked on a book um, that I thought uh, I could do. And uh, now it's coming out um, next Tuesday. <laughs> and um, it's uh, a fiction, but um, it has uh, very good aspects to it in terms of uh, espionage, 
in terms of uh, U.S. military, um, what's happening, small or large wars, things like this. Um, so, and the, the book is um, getting a lot of good uh, interest. So that's kind of where we're at now. And the book you're talking about, a, a true American patriot. And is that even though it's a fictional book, like you say, is that something that still has to go through uh, the process of like the DOJ or the DOD or anything like that in order to so they have to review it? I know a lot of the military guys that do it have to go through that process. Absolutely. And CIA specializes in it, um, whether I'm, I'm there doing business or um, whether uh, once I've left the agency, any kind of uh, books or uh same pages and stuff they go into it and they look at it with every letter and every word unfortunately for me um i said the book in. you have to send the book in you do not uh, get an option and um i did uh two different times um long distance in between and um to my great surprise uh the book is 333 pages and um, my surprise was they didn't make any changes. They, they didn't uh, cross things out, which is normally what their procedures are. And um, both times the book was uh, dealt with very easily. And they basically have it for six, six weeks, two months, and then they let you know it's, it, you're good to go. And okay. that's how we did it. Yeah, very cool. And I, I have had uh, former CIA director Mike Pompeo on the podcast a few times here. I know the first time I had him, he was he was the acting secretary of state. And that was a little bit more challenging to set that up. A lot of different people on the call. And it was uh, this, when he was out of the office, uh, it was a lot easier to do it with him, uh, the, the interview and stuff like that. But I've also had those CIA guys that were involved with Benghazi. I've had a bunch of them on the show here as well. So uh, thank you for your service and for what you have done for the country. And I, well, what is what are some of the challenges? I can only imagine being a CIA lifelong uh, as a career. Well, what are some of the challenges of, of doing that as a career and also balancing that with being a father and having a family life? OK, um, in terms of uh, I grew up in the Bronx, New York, and um, you know, that's I where I'm from. I'm born in the Bronx myself. My whole oh, yeah. family is from there. <laughs> OK, great. Um, I went to high school, went to college. Um, and right after going uh, in finishing up the college, um, I was recruited within the CIA to come to the office and, and see, and which I did. And um, so I had busy, obviously a lot of things that can't be said, but um, I got very much involved in it. And then they decided that uh, they would like me um, either being overseas with different embassies, doing work over there, or um, making sure the directors and deputy directors are um, safe. And a lot of people don't realize how much they travel internationally. And uh, there are many instances where things get hot and uh, the directors will, uh, will be going by a, a plane that doesn't look like a plane sometimes. Uh, it certainly doesn't look fancy. And um, the military helps us with that greatly. So that's kind of how it went about for me. And it became, I, I don't mean to be, uh, with regards to them saying, we want you to uh, run the whole thing, run the show with the directors and deputy directors. The directors themselves decided that every time they were coming in through. And, um, and while I appreciated it very much, um, it, it seemed to be natural to me. And, and, and uh, so a lot of what um, I did and a lot of what the officers that uh, were with us 
both uh, male, female um, did. And um, it wasn't something that I felt that you certainly don't get a lot of time to sleep. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and you are constantly, when you're international, you're constantly uh, watching. Pay. We set up teams that are all set long before we arrive. And then once we arrive, those teams go into action. And, and they've already prepared and done things. So it's, um, it's really quite challenging. And it's something that um, I have found to be very, um, very easy for me. It, I don't mean to under, underestimate anything. But, um, and the, the directors and deputy directors, uh, they became very, um, regardless of how many years they were in or out, um, they uh, preferred that I ended up doing this. So many times, like several times, I was able to go out to the embassies, but sometimes being in the embassy is very nice, spending, have my family, having children, everybody's moving along that way, and a lot of your time is spent there. Um, and that's wonderful. Uh, but as it worked out, um, the uh, two different times where we, we were called back home after a year or two by the director or the deputy director, and, um, and they said, we need you to come back here. So that's when that time frame, when I was uh, being that involved in it all, had a lot to do with how much time I have for the children. Because not because I don't want to, I, I didn't want to, but because um, I wasn't able to be there. <laughs> but um, my wife uh, has done an incredible job. And uh, any time that I was home for the time that I had, uh, the children were everything to us and still are. And um, I've, uh, I feel like uh, more my wife taking care of things and making sure everybody's okay uh, from that perspective. I too have done it too. And I, so the children that we have are now grown adults and they are thriving. Uh, and they were very good even when they were young. <laughs> so we're very lucky. <laughs> Well, I know that a lot of uh, a lot of citizens like myself, we get our idea of the CIA through movies that we see. Right. I mean, that's where we have this image of a CIA operator. That's what we think of them. And especially to like uh, meet the parents with Robert De Niro. He's the CIA guy and he's interrogating now as a CIA guy. And, and now, you know, you said your one daughter has a child a few months ago. Uh, what was it like for you having daughters uh, being a CIA uh, when they started dating in the guy's home? Was it like that or was it? It, or were you all okay? How did you kind of handle it when your girls especially uh, started dating and bringing guys home? Yeah, a lot of it for me had to do with what age it was involved. <laughs> so um, pre, uh, you know, 12 and, and um, less, it was not very difficult at times. Um, the teenage years are the real challenging ones. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were in and out of different countries um, uh, because we have spent so much time around the world. Um, and, and they would often come and, and then we would be set up there and working within the embassies. So um, they, uh, I think they're, they're all three of them, my son and, and our two daughters in doing that in reverse. Um, they're all smarter than I am <laughs> by a country mile. <laughs> so uh, they were able to do things very well. And my wife, um, who's also very bright, uh, was uh, able to make sure that um, it was done in a way that people are, um, if they're going to fall in love, um, take a little time just to see whether that's going to happen or not. And if they're angry because they're teenagers and teenagers are tough sometimes, uh, you have to 
you have to be real careful that you don't overestimate or, or uh, make things that are very difficult, more difficult. And that's kind of how, as they got older, things got a lot smoother. And, and in some ways, the fact that we're into different embassies at the time, two years, three years, it, it was, uh, and it was overseas, it was um, challenging, but also um, they learned a lot. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would imagine a lot of experience comes with that, but a lot challenging. I would imagine changing schools to schools, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, becomes very difficult, to, you know, as a kid. And I know, I'm, listen, I'm going through it right now. My oldest, I have three boys and we have our girl, she's our youngest. I have, two, you know, uh, two teenagers, 17 and 15 right now. So we're, we're in the thick of that, right. that whole deal. But uh, how, God, how about us? God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I'm loving every minute of it just because I know I'll never be here again. So it's the only uh-huh. time I'm going to get it. So I'm going to yeah. just, I'm going to roll with the punches while I can. Um, and I, 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 you know, just because I have you here, one of the big things that was uh, been talked about with the CIA was the and one of the things my one son is a very big into history, American history, and he loves the JFK assassination. Watch the JFK movie. It's always talked about millions of conspiracy theories. Now it's been revealed that the CIA was involved in this. Uh, we've seen um, uh, uh, Kennedy's nephew, who's running for president, come out and say CIA was involved. Mafia was involved. I had Michael Francis on the podcast here. He's a former Colombo crime family, says Mafia was involved. You, 26 years in the CIA, what say you about this Kennedy assassination? What say I is that um, there's classified and unclassified. <laughs> you don't get to talk a lot about classified. And uh, and I can understand why your son would be very interested and in, in, uh, looking in, uh, and watching everything. And, but that's a good thing. I think that's a very good thing. And uh, the government makes decisions, especially after many years. And, but with someone like myself, um, very careful that I'm not um, involved in it. Uh, so that's kind of how I would say it. All right. Well, we, we could have went viral here with the podcast. We got some more out of it, but that, that's okay. But listen, right, right now we are, um, you know, we're, it's a challenging time for parents in this country right now, Daniel, because there's so much stuff coming at them. And it seems like, um, you know, we have these threats around the world. We know with, with China, we have the threat right now with Russia, the Ukraine war and all that. But I think what's happening here inside the country, in my opinion, is much more dangerous than what's happening overseas, because I think we're really kind of eating ourselves alive with our culture. And we have a fatherless crisis that's going on with so many kids growing up without a father, broken families. Kids are getting hit over the head with this LGBTQ stuff that they're they're being indoctrinated in the school systems. Colleges are turning kids into anti-Americans, you know, and then when they come out, they have no skill set. They can't pay back these big loans. So there's a lot of things, I think, crippling our country right now. Just kind of wanted to get it, get get your take on all that stuff. Yeah, I I agree with everything you've said, and um, it's making it much more difficult for uh, younger people. And uh, and then on top of it, with all the different the economy and Wall Street and all of this mirroring in and, and every seems as if every single day they're saying, OK, this is the big day. Everything's going to go under now. And um, the for for younger people and middle aged to, to to a large degree, um, they lose jobs and and, uh, and they claim that that's going to happen a lot more. So um, we are in a, a difficult situation and it's uh, multifaceted. And um, I, I uh, tend to think that uh, the China, Russia, North Korea, et cetera, are, are all very real. I don't believe that any of this is just a lot of um, 
people trying to be uh, big shots or anything like that. This is real. And I, I've been to China, I've been to Russia, I've been to all of these locations. I, I, I been to the, um, anyway, the point is I'm making uh, that I, I think it is as equally difficult and is equally because you can take care of the children, you can help uh, people that are older and you can do things like that. But um, there's a lot, being in the United States, we still have a lot of protection and, and time and a lot of education. So those are things that are not common necessarily overseas. And um, for, from, from my perspective with regards to overseas, China, I think Xi Jinping is a brilliant guy. I also think he's mentally ill. <laughs> he doesn't care about any of his people. He, he just does things. CCP is, is ridiculous. And, uh, and Taiwan and et cetera. Putin, Putin, I think, is on the uh, edge of the abyss. <laughs> He's going to go away. And I think there have been many efforts for that to occur. And, but the Russian people, they know what he is, how he is. And the, the number of, of oligarchs, everybody gets involved with that. But what you see and hear most of is just good people, Russian people that are um, experiencing very, very difficult situations and times. And uh, so, and, and then you have North Korea. So I'm just mentioning these because matching it up with what we have in the United States, being very concerned about children, being very concerned about people that lose their jobs. You know, they are saying that what's happening and what we're doing um, has never been, you know, it's unprecedented. And, and we're moving into a different situation. And I think obviously the threats of the CCP are, are very big. And I, I, even even the stuff with the uh, the TikTok, I know people are trying to say, oh, we should ban it. We shouldn't. There's there's hard. <coughs> excuse me. There there is a very alarming stuff on TikTok. My kids don't have it. They're not on it. Uh, but it, it just seems like I would imagine the enemies of this country have to be happy to see what's happening inside of our the division that's going on in the country, uh, the race stuff that's going on in our country, the the political fire that's going on in our country. I would think that's got to make our enemies happy to see because we're doing a lot of the debt. We're taking away a lot of their problems. Like we're, we're handling it for them by beating ourselves up and not being united. And when something goes down, I, I just don't know. And I would like to see what you would say. Like, I, in my opinion, I don't think we would see if 9-11 happened today. I don't think tomorrow would be like 9-12 was when 9-12 happened because 9-12 brought this entire country together as one unit. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if we see that today if 9-11 were to happen right now. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. The, um, the A lot of people aren't uh, focusing or even aware of the fact that we are pouring in. I mean, pouring in to uh, to the West. I, I'm sorry, to uh, China, Russia, uh, we're, and, and it's being done in a quiet manner, relatively speaking. Um, so most people in America, they really don't know about it, you know, but it, the military has boosted up and they're trying to convince both Putin and Xi Jinping that we are capable. And, and with what they're seeing, uh, they are trying to decide whether they are going to make a move or not. Um, so I, I agree with what you've said. I just think that um, the weight or the magnitude of what could happen um, is astounding. And um, that's kind of where things are, I think. Um, I, I don't think uh, 
that uh, North Korea uh, manages and does everything the way one would think when they're saying missiles being, a lot of it has to do with Xi, Xi Jinping and China manipulating it all. Um, so uh, I don't mean to sound, but internationally, in terms of the globe at large, the amount of, of uh, people that are going to starve in portions in Africa, other portions of, around the world, uh, we're, we're in a situation that people really don't know and uh, they really don't want to know, which I, I appreciate and I, I can understand why. Um, so it's, but, but the way you describe how our leadership has been performing between the, the Trump and, and Biden, it's very, very difficult. Um, and I think people are very upset. So. And the starvation stuff, I mean, the, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, skyrocketed or accelerated that pace uh, by shutting, <coughs> excuse me, by shutting down uh, so many of these food processing places, you know, farmlands. I mean, right now, like you say, there's a lot going on. People would rather just tune it out and tune on TV and see what's going on and be entertained and just stay out of it. And I think that's, you know, where people keep their head in the sand with so much of it. But it seems like impending doom is headed our way. Everyone just kind of. Uh, you know, nicely going about their day. And I would I would say if you had to put your money down in Vegas, in your opinion, who fires the first nuclear shot? Hopefully no one. Um, the the portion Putin's the, the take on person that will try to do this. It's so good that the Russians themselves want to get rid of him <laughs> because that's what will help us not mess around with nuclear weapons. Um, I, I think if Putin does it, it'll be um, the smaller version in Ukraine, or, or uh, it's not unlikely that he would uh, choose someplace in Europe and then do it. Um, but the more he, like many people, when, they, when uh, he, uh, back in uh, February of last year, um, he thought he'd be he'd be finished in four weeks. Okay, most people around the world, in terms of like areas or portions that I've been in, um, it was very surprising because I think most of the people at the time, with regards to Russia, they they felt um, they're probably the third biggest best in the in the in the globe, and uh, just within a couple of weeks, we all started realizing. He, they don't have a military. <laughs> they, and they, they, many of the people that have been put in as military don't know anything. They haven't been trained. They haven't, this a lot. And the Spetsnats and some of the experts. So they're, they're not stupid people. So when that starts happening, Spetsnats is like, why are we doing this? And that's pretty much so. Um, it's, it's more worrisome to me as to what's going to happen internationally then then i don't mean to to belittle it but uh having children um and and just people upset and not wanting to see what may happen so i i hope i'm wrong <laughs> and I, I think a lot of people kind of felt <clears throat> that way about the united states fighting uh afghanistan whereas we thought we're going to go over there and just mop the street with these guys and then 20 years later we're backing out of the country and handing the keys back over to the taliban everyone's kind of like what in the world happened like, you know, so I, I think 
uh, a lot of similar stuff, like like you mentioned there. Everyone, I think Putin himself or Russia thought they were just going to come in and just push Ukraine to the side, and it hasn't gone that right. way. So I think right. uh, they're in, into it. And I think a lot of the American people, I know a lot of American families, uh, when you see the amount of money we're providing Ukraine to help in this war to protect Ukraine, and then you're seeing that we've got homeless homeless people, veterans littered all over the streets. Our own border is unsecure. It just makes people and our inflation. Families are struggling to feed their kids. And it's and it just mind boggles the American family to say, how could we be possibly spending all this money uh, uh, over in a country to defend itself when we're not doing the right thing to defend us? Right. Right. Um, I understand that. And uh, that's why it is global in terms of what's happening. And uh, I think it is unprecedented. Um, this is not something that happens easily. And well, they'll do this and we do that. It's much more. And and with with kids and and adults that that are lost jobs, where do they go? What do they do? You know. And um, we're in a in a portion of the world that is much better than many other areas. While at the same time. Um, for over 100 years or more, going back further and further, a lot of people like this has never occurred before. And I think that that's correct in that however this rolls out over the next 10, 15 years, 20 years, you know, two years, th- that's going to have changed um, you know, w- the world order and, and also people that um, just need some support. Uh, yeah. No. It's a scary times for sure. And, and let me bring it back into your book, uh, A True American Patriot. If you could tell the listeners what the book is about, do you how much of this world stuff, actual realness do you blend into the book? Tell us what it's about. Yeah. Um, well, the first chapter is an explosion and uh, possibility. That's how it opens up. I, I don't want to use the words per se. So um, and there's a portion where uh People, there's two main characters and then many other characters uh, as it goes through. Essentially, um, it's espionage, it's um, the military, the U.S. military. And um, the book itself is probably about almost two thirds of the military because it's what the world's going, what's going on around the world. So um, there's a lot in there that I just knew from traveling around the world while protecting the directors and deputy directors. So I became quite knowledgeable about, and, and this, uh, the book that I've, uh, that I've written is, um, I think most people are going to enjoy it. And, and I think because there is humor in it, but it's spread out through the time and the 33, uh, you know, the amount of pages uh, is fairly significant. Um, the amount they charge is not very high. And, um, but to answer your question, it has a lot. There's portions in there about North Korea, about China, about Russia, et cetera, it goes. And then what aspects of what's happening back in the United States. It's, it's all very well, um, of course, I'm a lot of bias. <laughs> anyway, that's suggested. I think anyone who buys the book, I'm not pushing this, but anybody who buys the book, um, I, they, because of some of the humor in it, they uh, may be more inclined to, and, and it allow them to see and learn things that they really don't want to look at to some degree. And, well, a, a true American Patriot link to the book is in the description of today's podcast episode. So my listeners can get over there and check it out. What, what is, what's next for you? Are you planning on 
uh, a second book. You got any other uh, career things going on? What's right. up coming for you? Right. When, when I first started this, um, I, and the, uh, you know, became an author, quote unquote. And, um, I, uh, I don't know exactly why, but from the beginning, I, I thought I'm going to do a trilogy, a trilogy. And sorry. And um, so this is the middle one. I already have uh, another one that is like the younger version of the characters in many respects and what that so that one's pretty close to being finished um but i'm giving it time because i want to see whether this book works out and uh and then there's the third book that i have in my mind that these you know that are um it's just lodged in there so to answer your question i i uh if i can get the book past a couple of pages and they say, oh, that's interesting at least, then I'll stay with trying to do something. <laughs> if they're throwing it at me at the same time, I may have to rejigger whether I'm going to stay along with it or not. It, it, what's funny, Daniel, too, is I, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I, I try to read as much as I can you know, a book a week I was doing for a very long time. And it's Absolutely. it doesn't seem like this uh, generation. It's hard to hold the attention span of the younger ones. It's like, that's why TikTok succeeds. Everything is a six second clip and then they flip to the next one. So Trying to hold the attention span to a whole book is difficult on this. I see it with my own kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, again, uh, a true American patriot. Link to the book in the description of the podcast episode. Last thing I want to hit you with here, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Interesting. Um, I I know some uh, that uh, are understanding that the situation let's say in the United States, it's very difficult. And, and they're going to, they see that this isn't going to be a soft road. And I think that um, because of their love for their children, and I'd like to think that, um, that they uh, maybe do a little bit more than what they do regularly. Um, they uh, try to figure out, think a little bit of ahead as to uh, what varies, variables could be used to protect them. And and to uh, still get them off to schools, and and um, and then those that are uh, mid mid middle middle aged or, or or and have lost jobs or, or people not far from that, I think that um, it's important that uh, people help them to the extent without being um, uh, if that's if that's possible, then that's what you should do. That's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. Uh, Irishman from the Bronx, Daniel O'Connor, <laughs> your first-class father all the way. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time, my first-class fatherhood. I very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.